Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Night Sky Podcast. My name is Billy Newman. And I'm Marina Hansen. And today we're going to be talking about a few of the upcoming events that you can go out and see in the night sky above you during uh, this, uh, this week here in early January. And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about some of the observing time that we've, we've done and spent outside and uh, spent or like different things that we've checked out over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, some interesting things have been happening uh, just in the past few days. Yeah, there have been a couple of interesting things. I think uh, what we were looking at a couple of days ago um, at the first of the year, on like I think it was on New Year's Day, we were looking at the sunset as we were coming back and we spotted Mercury. Right. And uh, I think we didn't get a, too much of a chance to talk about it, but Mercury has been rising uh, during the end of December. It was on its rise up into the night sky. And then we only had a few nights during that period that were clear enough where we live, where we could see the Western horizon and, and then uh, get a good viewing of, of Mercury. But when we saw it, it was really quite bright. I think it's one of the brightest uh, viewings of Mercury that I've seen in a long time. And one of the better ones too. Most of the times in the past, it's really just a day or two, sort of like it has been for us so far that Mercury is visible in the night sky. Yeah, I really, I think this is the first time I've like really noticed it. It's yeah. been a lot more present, it seems. Yeah, I think this is this was one of the brightest um, uh, occurrences that we've seen in it, seen of it in a long time. I think it was at uh, like negative eight one, so that's um, that's really quite bright. And then, so this is the fascinating thing about about Mercury is that it has an eighty eight day orbit around the sun, and so it's really moving. Like the, the and so its position with us is really changing quite fast, and that's why we really never get to see Mercury is that we're always kind of in a position where it's daytime that it would be up or it's not far enough outside uh, of the sun in relationship to us and our way to angle to view it, that we're able to see it in the night sky or past the horizon line or the, uh, I think like the meridian line that would be the day night line that'd be passing over the earth. We just don't get to observe Mercury past that line. So it's always up during the day. That's why we don't get to see it. But uh I think we get two good chances during January to get to see it. Um, so one's at the beginning of the month and at, on the 1st of January when we get to see it in the night sky. And then we're going to get to see it again later in the month with a big uh, conjunction of stars or a collection of stars in the morning sky. So that's how fast it's going to swing around that's really to the other side. So I think, like I just mentioned a second ago, it was at a negative eight one magnitude position, like on the first on New Year's Eve or on New Year's Day, and then by tomorrow on the eighth of January, it's going to be at a at a negative one, I think. So it shifted. That's a really almost. big difference. That's yeah. Some, that's a lot. Yeah. So I think it's a, or what would it be? A or a positive one, right? Is that what it would be? A positive one. It's dropped in magnitude by more than like a magnitude and a half in the sky, just over a couple of days. Um, and then it's going to get closer and closer to the horizon up until like the 9th, 10th and 11th. And then we won't be able to see it. It'll be back into that daylight hours period. And it'll set with like the twilight of the sun, like that aura around the sun after the sun sets below the horizon where you can't really see stars yet. It's just too bright. It's too daytimey. But, right. uh, but yeah, like after like a half hour or so, as we settle more into twilight, we're able to see the stars come out. It doesn't happen right away. And so Mercury is always kind of caught in that area where we're not able to see it. But the cool thing is, is that we're going to get to see it in like another two weeks is it'll swing around from the, the evening side of the sun 
where we would see it at sunset. And then we'll be able to see it at sunrise right up next to Venus. And then there's this cool collection of Venus, Mercury, Saturn, all right next to each other. And then up from that will be Mars. And then up from that will be Jupiter. And that'll be, I think the first time in a decade that all five planets will be up and visible all at one time. That's really cool. I'm really excited to be seeing that. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it too. I think the last time that it was, I think I talked to you about it before. It was in 2003. It was springtime of 2003. And it was an evening collection of all of those stars or excuse me, all those planets um, where I remember that was really cool. I think it was in like the eighth grade at the time. I could get no one interested in looking at it. And I was thinking, guys, it's really cool. You won't be be able to see this for a long (laughs) time. It's all the planets up at one time and I can show them to you right now. It's really cool. And it's like only a couple of days, right? Because Mercury's kind of the kicker of it. It's so quick that you don't really get to see it observably with everything else. But, um, but that's, what's, what's exciting about it is there's really only a few times where you get to see everything up at the same time. I think even uh, the moon will, will make a passing through that area of the sky uh, during those days. So I think we'll be able to see, I think we'll be able to see the moon. Will that be like all six items? And then the sun being the seventh of all, all the seven items that we see move against the night sky backdrop that's around the earth. That's cool. That's yeah. going to be really exciting to see. This will, this will be the first time that I've gotten to see them all together. Yeah, it's it's really it's rare to see them all up at the same time. You know how often it is we go out and don't see any planets up that's right. in the night sky. It's really quite frequent that that's the case. So it is pretty rare to have all five um, planets up at the same time and then have the opportunity to see the moon as the sixth object in the sky. And uh, this goes to that other thing that we were talking about, which is kind of the collection of why we have seven days in a week. And it it comes back to some other stuff that I was reading about where I think it was Babylon and Samaria were both cults or were both societies that developed a seven day week. And I think it's often noted or understood to be because there are seven celestial bodies, like I just mentioned a second ago, that move independently from the night sky backdrop of the stars in the, in the background of the sky. And so these seven bodies are what are part of our solar system. One of them is the moon, one of them is the sun, and then the other five are the five visible planets that we see because we can't see Neptune or Uranus with uh, the naked eye. So there's those seven items that we see in the night sky. And then those are correlated with the days of the week that we have. And I think that you would talk to me a little bit about the Norse mythology yeah, and how that's set up and how we can kind of identify sort of loosely that it's, that it's based on the names of the planets. And then we see yeah, in, some of them are. in Latin, uh, in Rome, it was identified with the planets. And then we see that break off into different languages like Spanish too. Yeah, that's right. You were telling me that uh, the Spanish days of the weeks are, uh, they match up with the planets and the. Yeah, I thought that the, I thought really that the Spanish matchup was really interesting and it, it hadn't really been broken down for me before, even though I had studied Spanish for a while. It, maybe yeah. it's more common for everyone that's a Spanish speaker, but uh, it's like, I remember the, the nursery rhyme for it when we were in Spanish class. It was like, lunes, martes, miércoles. <laughs> to like name the days of the week, but it's uh, lunes, martes, miracles, jueves, viernes, sabado, and domingo. I think is what it is. 
sounds right. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and so that matches up really closely or really accurately with the names of the celestial bodies that we'd see. So it's uh, lunes is lunar or the moon. Uh, Martes is for Mars. Uh, Miracles is for Mercury. Uh, Weves is for Jupiter. Viernes is for Venus. Sabado is for Saturn. And then Domingo, I assume could be something else. Maybe Sabbath is more of what it means. Um, but you could see, probably assume that that would be uh, sun or the, or the last the last item. And that's the, like the Sabbath day, which would be, I guess, left for the sun. I'm not sure if that would make sense or not for them. But I, I think it's kind of interesting to like hear, at least for the, for the rest of it, how it lines up really accurately. This is really interesting that that's the, the language that matches up with it. I wonder how that, how that works. I think it broke down to Latin because mm-hmm. I think, um, what do they, they call Like romance languages. Have you heard that term before? Yeah. There's, I think, is English a Germanic language? I don't understand language history or that part of anthropology, but uh, what I kind of understand is that out of the, out of Latin or anything that was based on Latin, I think was called like a, a, rom- a romance language or like one of the classical European languages or something. Okay. But, uh, but out of Latin, I think is where Spanish derives a lot of its stuff from. And then I think w- we derive a lot of stuff from Latin and then probably from the Germanic side of stuff too. But I'm not sure how English came together. It's really strange or it's interesting. It's kind of, because I know we have a lot of those Latin roots. Remember like an English class, that sort of thing. You have to mm-hmm. write everything out. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting to see how that comes together and then how that's tied in uh, so closely with the days or the days of the week and then the celestial bodies that we can see at a time, which is those seven. So it's cool. And then we're going to get a chance to see all of them in just in a, a couple of weeks, which will be uh, pretty fun. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. Yeah, we should try and pull our telescope out for that one. Yeah, we see should. We, can, uh, we should scout out a good spot to go to. I hope we get an opportunity to see it because see we're, and this is the tough thing for everyone that's that's trying to fight this out in North America right now is, you know, it's just winter time. It's, you know, it's uncommon in a lot of parts of the country to get uh, consistently good, clear skies uh, to get a chance to view a lot of stars. But I suppose maybe that's quite different in like the high desert areas or like the Southwest, which is probably still quite nice this time of year. But I guess we're going to, perhaps expect El Nino's or something coming in, some rainstorms coming through. For here, us on the West Coast in Oregon, it's really more than probable that it will be permanently cloudy skies here on till late February. Yeah, so, we need to get out of Eugene. We'll have to, to drive out to get some cool the high desert. Yeah, we should. Check out some cool sunrise. We should. It's filled with clouds here. Yeah, right it'll be tough. It'll be tough, but um, there's this cool thing that uh, that I was learning about the other, or just today, that I was going to want to talk about, which is, um, you know, we talked about the solstice on the last podcast, how we okay. have the solstice on the 21st, which is the shortest day of the year. And then I was just reading and I was kind of surprised to hear this because I didn't understand this. And may, maybe, everyone, or maybe other people, you know, just understand it more commonly. But I just read that January 2nd was the latest dawn of the year. Right. You were telling me about that. And you sort of think more naturally that that would be associated with the latest dawn would be on the solstice, the shortest day of the year, the latest dawn and the earliest sunset. Mm -hmm. But no, it's different. It's like, it's like shifted off of that. And I guess it's because we're on like a 23.5 degree 
tilt on our axis. And that has something to do with, it's sort of this rolling time where the days are, the daylight hours on the solstice are the shortest, but the daytime rolls from morning to evening more during this period of time, which is very strange. I didn't understand that it did that. So I think, I think it was December 7th was, uh, well, how would I say it? Like, so December 7th would be like the opposite date for us. So on December 21st was the solstice, which would be the shortest day of the year. And then I think December 7th would be the, sh- the earliest sunset. That's what it is. The earliest sunsets on December 7th. The shortest day of the year is on December 21st. And then the, the latest sunrise is on January 2nd. And that's like this pattern that we see in nature and it repeats itself every year. But it's this interesting part of how like the year and the time of day kind of moves around us. It's really interesting. That is really interesting. I thought it was cool when you, uh, when you were telling me about that this, uh, this evening when you got home, cause I had noticed it that yeah. morning when we woke up cause we got up pretty early and it was dark for a couple hours. Before. Yeah, it's true. And it was, it's much later today than it was even a few weeks ago. Um, and it's really perplexing because, you know, this happens six months from now also. Um, so in July, we see the same effect um, where we have the, the, the solstice, the longest day of the year in June, on like June 21st. But it turns out that the, the latest sunset, the latest into the evening that the sun would set during the year might not be on the solstice date. It would be like another day of the year, which was probably into July, if I understand right. I think it was a couple of days into July which is really interesting. It's cool. Or like, it's probably then the earliest sunrise is on like June 7th, something like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Really strange. But, uh, but yeah, kind of cool to see how the, the world or just those small kind of things happen throughout the world. It's not, it's not stable or it's not like absolutely consistent or even on both ends. It's strange how like the, the day and nighttime sort of fluctuate against each other. Or like we see like with this. And I think that's also because um, we're at perihelion on January 2nd. So it's the, it's the closest that the earth will get to the sun in its elliptical orbit throughout the year, which is really strange. And it's interesting that that's so closely tied with the, the new year also. I want to do more research with you too. We should do a future episode where we kind of try and break that down a little bit of like why the January 1st is identified as the start of the new year. Right. And then it seems almost too good or too coincidental that just that next day, the event of being a perihelion at the, at the, the closest point to the sun is, is right then at that same time. It seems like that's sort of a, like a miscalculation or something, you know, or like, it seems like it's supposed to be that way. Like it's lined up to yeah. be at that point. So it seems like there's some understanding that we were at that point. I want to, I want to learn more about that or learn how that was observed, but it's kind of interesting stuff be cool to talk about sometime in the future yeah that would be really interesting to look more into it's i don't think it could be just a coincidence <laughs> yeah it, yeah it has to be uh it has to be some tie-in and it's, it's weird well like we were talking about with the days of the week it's weird that there's all these tie-ins of the way that the natural world was observed and then how that's tied into the how way we, we kind of behaviorally affect yeah how we structure yeah, everything everything yeah really strange and cool to learn about too but um a couple observation events um before we get out of here, I think uh, today, this morning, 
we had Venus, Saturn, and the moon all in this really close um, collection in the sky right before dawn in the morning. And so I think that's where um, like Antares and Scorpio is going to be. So Scorpio is going to be coming up uh, right at, in the AM. It's like a helio conjunction to the sun. So it's like the last constellation that's seen before dawn is mm-hmm. a helio conjunction. And then that's where we're going to see Venus, Saturn, and the moon this morning. And then the cool thing is, is that uh, Venus, Saturn, and Antares are going to be visible, I think, on like the ninth. And I think, if I understand right, Venus and Saturn are at this really close point together. I yeah, think they're like a half a half degree, degree apart. Yeah. yeah. So close. That'll be really cool. I think that's, do you remember this last summer when we were looking at, at uh, that really close connection of Venus and Jupiter? In the night sky. I do remember that. Yeah, that was really cool to see. They were so bright together. Yeah. But so it's going to be something similar to that in the morning sky, which would be fun to check out. I hope we get a chance to see it. But yeah, they're just going to be right up next to each other. And uh, it'll be fun to see. It'll be cool uh, checking out Venus. It's really bright right now. I think quite a bit brighter than uh, than Saturn is at this point. But uh, but that'll be coming up on January 9th. Be cool. We should try and check it out in the morning. We should. We should get up and go for a drive for it. Oh yeah, it is. No way. We should go. We should go on a drive for it. Yeah, that'd be so great. So we can we can see it. January's moving up on us. It sure is. Well, this podcast is moving up on us too. We've already moved through 19 minutes. Talked about most of the events that are going to be going on this week uh, in the skies above us. And on behalf of Marina Hansen, who I say thank you to for joining me. Thanks, Billy. I'm Billy Newman, and this has been the Night Sky Podcast.